You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues faced by women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's classic. It's Frida's World. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Uh, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. I would say that my week has just been a little interesting, to be very honest, if we're being transparent. Um, I've actually had a very interesting past couple of weeks, past couple of months. Um, but I'm still here standing, surviving and speaking to you all. <laughs> so I guess as bad as it, as it is, it can't, it can't be the worst. I don't know. Is that how the saying goes? You guys know me and sayings are a little bit off, but either way, what I'm trying to convey is that although my last couple of weeks, last few months have not been the best, it could have been worse, right? I could be dead as morbid as that sounds, um, I could be in the hospital, I could be homeless. So there is still a lot to be grateful for, even in the midst of the storm. Um, I'm hope. I mean, the storm is part of everyone's journey or everyone's story at some point, right? Maybe you've already gotten your storm and you're not going to have another storm for the next couple of years or ever. Um, or maybe you're kind of just like me, who always, who, you know, periodically finds themselves in some type of storm, some type of trial or tribulation. I guess the only thing that really keeps me going at the end of the day, despite how, you know, it, how life affects me, is that, you know, trials and tribulations, I truly believe that they come to make you strong. Um, I certainly have become a much stronger person over the last couple of, well, let me say couple of decades. Jesus Christ, I'm not that old. <laughs> but over the last decade or so, I've definitely gone through, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I can say the last couple of decades. I'm 35. I feel like I've been going through trials and tribulations since I was, you know, born. So Either way, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I did not go through these storms and go through these trials and tribulations. Um, I wouldn't have a have an understanding of how things work. I wouldn't have a grasp or somewhat of a grasp on life. And, you know, I guess you have to be happy and you have to be thankful for the storms for that. They're truly life lessons. And so... I guess now that I went through this whole philosophical <laughs> um, spiel, I hope that you guys are having a great week. So today I'm going to talk about a topic that is personal to me. And I think that there are many of you out here who can relate, who, you know, will hopefully get some sort of gem, some sort of... Um, I guess, I don't know, motivation, encouragement from today's topic. So for those of you who do not know, I am a single mother. I've been a single mother, I guess, <laughs> for the last 12 years. My son is 12, so I've been a single mother pretty much his entire life. And my single motherhood, you know, started very young. Like I said, I'm 35, my kid's 12. You guys who do math know that the kid happened at a very young age. 
And um, so I was 23 and I I was already out of college, thank God. So, you know, it I was, you know, I was able to at least have my college degree when I had my son. Um but I would say that, you know, it it was a very interesting and trying time. You know, can you imagine graduating college? Because it wasn't too long after I graduated college that, you know, I became pregnant and had my child. But graduating college, you know, you feel like you're like, man, I just graduated four years of college. I have this degree. I am on top of the world. I'm going to be on top of the world. And I had plans to go straight into law school at the time. You know, I was applying to law schools, both in state and out of state. And I was planning on, you know, beginning my professional journey because all I ever wanted to be was a lawyer and to be professional. And so that's, you know, that's what I was gearing up for. And then I find out that I'm pregnant and then I have my child and then the, my entire world, obviously, um, turns around because in full transparency, I never thought myself as anyone's mother. So I had no plans on having children. So, you know, <laughs> not only do I find myself um, with a child, you know, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm a single mother. At the time, though, I wasn't single. I was with my partner at the time, but it was shortly thereafter the child was born. We were no longer, which is why, you know, I say that pretty much my entire um, his entire life, I've been a single mother. Um, many people, when I did become pregnant, a lot from my family, whom I love still dearly, um, friends, I don't know, spectators, all had something to say about the fact that I became pregnant, even though I, I presented them and I did what I needed to do and gave them a college degree, a four-year college degree. But the fact that I became pregnant out of wedlock and, you know, right before I was to go to law school was just like, what are you doing with your life? Your life is over. You will never f go to law school because now you have this child you have to take care of. What time are you going to have to go to law school? What brain cells are you going to have to sit there and study and learn for these tests and all this other stuff, like kiss your career goodbye. And it wasn't really expected for me to actually go to law school and become a lawyer and have a successful career. It was not, it wasn't something that was in the minds of family, friends, well, not all of them, but for the most part, a good, uh, a good majority of friends, family, and and again spectators because there's always people that are not your friends they're not your family but they're, they're somehow still around intertwined in your life there to cast judgment and make comments when you know unsolicited whatever but that was the feeling and I remember being very very just down and depressed about it um I was just like I knew for myself that I was going to move forward regardless of what anybody else was going to, everybody else was saying, but it was just very depressing to me that, you know, there was just so much doubt and I get it, you know, having a child definitely can put a strain on things. And there are many people and, you know, I guess they've seen many people who have sought out to do great things, but 
you know, ended up pregnant, had a child, and therefore their plans and their dreams were derailed and deferred. But I guess what was just, I guess what was disheartening to me was that, I mean, this, I'm Rita Pierre. (laughs) I've always been Rita Pierre. I've always had the same go-getter personality since I was a child. Nothing about me has really changed much in terms of my personality as to who I am, what I do, what I'm about. And so for me, it was disheartening because I'm like, you guys know who I am. You guys know how ambitious I've always been. The fact that I even went to college and went to college at, you know, a four year private institution with scholarships like my mom has no idea what college costs. She has no idea what a student loan looks like. She has no idea what a tuition bill, a book bill looks like. Like I did everything on my own. I volunteered my ass off and I got any type of scholarship that I can get. Target scholarship, Walmart scholarship. I did what I needed to do to go to school and to not be a burden on my family. I did that by myself. What high school student, well, let me not say what high school student, because many of you guys were just as ambitious, <laughs> but not many high school students are, are sitting down and taking care of things themselves, filling out financial aid applications themselves. Like my mom did none of that. I did everything. And I went to college and I graduated with honors. And I mean, I did that. I mean, with the help of God, of course. But it's like people forget <laughs> what you're about and who you are when you do something that they, that they deem to be deplorable or they deem to be the mistake of your life or they deem to be improper or whatever they want to attach to that. It's very interesting how that occurs. But either way, um, you know, after I had my child, I didn't go to law school right right away. I ended up getting a job, working, but still with law school in my mind. So I was still studying for the LSAT. I was still doing prep courses. I was still trying to figure out where I can go, where I'm going to apply to, et cetera, et cetera. Because for those of you who are lawyers, you know that the New York law school markets at the time that I went to law school, at least, it was very, very, very competitive. Even schools that were not ranked were very competitive because they're in New York City. And so I felt like I was very limited as to where I was even able to apply to law school. I'm like, if I don't get into law school in New York, then I guess I'm not going to law school. Like, where am I going to go for three years? Um, That's, You know, I mean, well, New Jersey as well, I guess. New Jersey, New York, possibly Connecticut, somewhere commuting distance, right? Um, Because at the end of the day, I had this child. But um, with perseverance, with determination, with the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father, um, and with, you know, my those of my family members who were very supportive, um, I was able to make it through and I applied to law school and I got into law school when my son was a year and a half. Well, actually, he wasn't even a year and a half yet. He was almost a year and a half um, when I entered law school. And it was a very daunting time. It was very challenging because, again, I wanted to go into law school being like a rock star. Right. I wanted to just just do the damn thing. But unfortunately, you know. 
I mean, there are a lot of single mothers who go into law school and they do amazing things and it's great. You see their reports all over the place, single mother, graduated honors from Harvard Law and all this other stuff, mother of 10. I mean, amazing. But unfortunately, not everybody can go in. And just because you have the determination to be the rock star, not everybody can overcome to those extents, right? Like I would, I would study my ass off. I would do what I need to do. But aside from having the child, you know, there are other things going on in your life. Like you have your personal life that you're handling as well too. Like I, for whatever reason, was very sick in law school and weird things were happening. Like I had to have like emergency eye surgery. Like I was in and out the hospital because my gallbladder was acting up. Like it was a very crazy time, um, law school. So I was dealing with these, those issues, medical issues on top of being like the single mom, because the single mom thing is not just about um, the being able to provide for the child, right? Making sure that he has um, shelter, making sure that he has um, food and clothing and whatnot. The single mom thing is very psychological as well. At least for me, it was and still is. It's very psychological because there are so many things running through your mind on any given day when you are the mother of a child and when you are doing things alone, even if there is a father in sight somewhere, you know, it's still difficult. Like you're not living in the same household with the partner to rear the child together. So regardless, I mean, co-parenting is a thing. And for those who do it um, and do it well, kudos to you. But it's very difficult sometimes to actually maneuver that. And so these things weigh on you when you are a single mom. Like it's it's a psychological warfare for many. And so finishing law school <laughs> by the hairs of my chinny chin chin was an accomplishment for me. Would I have loved to have been, you know, top of my class? Yes, that would have been a great accomplishment. But for me, the great accomplishment was getting out of law school alive. Um, and you know, there was still a, there was still a home to go to. My son still had shelter. I still, you know, the bills were being paid miraculously. Um, that was my greatest accomplishment. And I think a part of me felt like, all right, well, since I graduated law school, um, and I was able to do that with my child, you know, everything else should be easy, right? I'm going to be able to get a great job, you know, because everybody believes that all lawyers are making top dollars. But, you know, I felt like, all right, I graduated. Now I'm going to get a great job and things are going to be much better. And I won't feel the effects so much of being a single mom. Well, no, not the case at all. Because when you enter the workforce, <laughs> it's very interesting, depending on where you land, what type of agencies you land in or what type of corporate offices you land in. Um, being a single mom, the stigma still follows you. No matter how professional you are, no matter how many degrees you have, letters behind your name, being a single mom is, the stigma is still there. And I don't even know if it's so much people, you know, stigmatizing you or you stigmatizing yourself. So when I started my first real job after law school, um, I don't even know, like, 
I don't even, people knew that I had a kid because I always, I would always talk about the fact that I had a kid, but I felt like in order for me to really like mark my territory here and to make it, to make it known that I'm here to work and that nothing will deter me or distract me from, you know, doing what I need to do. You know, I worked almost as if I didn't have, like nobody really, like they heard that I had a kid. But nobody ever saw the child and I was always there. So it was like, what is going on here? You know, where is your child? Um, But, you know, I was able to have some help, thank God, in terms of my son. Like he at that time, I think when I started that job, he was in did he go? Was he in kindergarten? He might have been in kindergarten at the time um, when I did start that job. He might have been in kindergarten. but either way, I felt I did I felt like I couldn't take sick days. I felt like I couldn't take off. So when my son was sick, um if he wasn't going to my mother's house, he was going to his, you know, paternal grandmother's house or somebody was coming to my house to watch him because in my mind I'm like he, you know, I I can't operate like I'm a single mother here. It's my first real job. I don't really know what the culture is. I can't operate like I'm a single mother here because I don't want to lose my job. And I don't want people thinking that I'm getting special privileges because I'm a single mom, meaning you can leave early or you don't have to work on this weekend or, or you don't have to do this particular shift. I didn't want to use my single motherhood as an excuse. And it sounds harsh saying that because being a single mom and being a parent in general is never, is not an excuse. Like that's life. It is what it is. Um, But, you know, I was young and first real job, you just don't want to take any chances. And so I didn't. I worked, I worked, I worked. And, you know, I would come home late. I would leave early. Um, I did all of that because I didn't want people to think that I wasn't capable of doing the job or that I was I was not going to be reliable because I was a single mom. And I stress the single mom thing. I know parent in general, but the single mom, everybody knows that, well, you're a single mom. So therefore, if you don't, if you're not taking care of your child, then who is? So, or if he's sick and you, you don't run, you know, to go take care of him, then who will? So the expectation was that I was going to have to take off days periodically and that I was going to be late to work or leave early all the time. Um... And I would say the my first year, my first year or two, that's kind of how I was. Like I took no sick days in an establishment that allowed unlimited sick days. But we all knew that that was a farce. Like unlimited sick days in that establishment was just a farce. Like you were not allowed to take a sick day. If I even tried to call out, they were just like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. But as the years went by, I noticed that, wait, my white counterparts have their kids up in here every, let me not say every day, but it felt like every day, every time there was a school cancellation or school was not in session, or if the kid wasn't feeling so well, they were in the office and I'm just, I'm watching this. And in my mind though, instead of saying I can do it too, I just was like, man, white people, 
really got it good (laughs) because I felt like if I were to do it, it would just play into the negative stereotypes that we all hear and we all see with regards to black women who are single mothers, again, regardless of your professional background. And so as I would watch these parents bring their kids in, I was just like, I just, I still felt like I could not do the same. And I feel like that's only because (laughs) I'm black. And I felt like if I were to do what they did, it would be it would not be viewed as, oh, cute. You're bringing your kid in. Definitely bring him in whenever. I felt like it would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, she certainly needs help. And I didn't I just didn't. And I know it sucks because it's like we should not (laughs) as women of color um, have these thoughts about ourselves. And we shouldn't care if our counterparts have these thoughts about us. I mean. We got to do what we got to do. But I feel like we make it a lot more difficult on ourselves because we are just so we're caught up rightfully so in this idea that we cannot give the man any excuse to doubt our capabilities, to doubt our competence, to doubt our willingness um, to want to work and to be great at what we do. And so what ends up happening is that the home tends to suffer a little bit because we're trying to balance these. We're trying to balance home, but we're also trying to balance the office and the job that pays us to allow us to have the home. It's, it's, it's psychological warfare at times because as you, as your child starts getting older, as mine has, um, there are more and more, um, requirements to be present, Like, it's important to be present when the child is small, right? But as people say, you know, the kid doesn't remember that you forgot their first recital if they were like three. But they will remember when you miss their play at the age of like 10 or 11. And so the requirement for you to be present is is even greater as the child gets older. And so my child is getting older and he's a boy and he's in middle school. He's a seventh grader. So those of you who have middle school age children or are around middle school age children or who teach Lord bless your souls, middle age, middle school age children. I think I kept saying middle age, middle school age children. Um, you already know that the struggle is real. The struggle is real in these streets. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like now at this point, and the reason I guess I wanted to talk about this is that I'm definitely at an interesting crossroads in my life right now in being the single mother of a seventh grader whose father is clear across the country. And so that means that I legit don't really have any real day-to-day help with this kid. And he's only getting older. He's only getting stronger. He's only getting more and more interesting. And so I would say for the last year, maybe, I felt like it's had some sort of effect on my work performance, but I will say as of the last couple of months, my, I feel like it's just the issues that I've been battling on a day-to-day basis with raising this boy has really, I feel like it's really just kind of like, I don't know, singed my personality a bit. Like it's really kind of like put me in a mental space that's just like, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just very indifferent about a lot of things because I spend so much energy dealing with 
him and his issues. And so when I come to work, like the last couple of months, like, you know, I've been doing my job. I've been doing my cases. I've been doing what I had to do. But the energy level is low. The desire is low. And like, you know, you're at work. You're getting text messages from teachers. You know, you're worried about the kid all the time. You're wondering what is he going to do next? Then you turn into like, well, what what did I do? The self-blame, pointing the finger at yourself. And then wondering is there even any hope to like, you know, move forward and, 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 and get to a better space? All this is happening though, while you're at work. And I mean, for me, thank God it hasn't like affected, you know, it hasn't been noticeably, um, it hasn't been noticeable. It hasn't noticeably affected my work performance and I'm trying to, to make sure that it doesn't, but it's very hard juggling work and the problems that you have at home. And so I haven't figured out what the solution is because I'm currently going through it and I'm currently trying to figure it out. But I think the point here is to one, let you guys know who are also in the single mother struggle that it is not just you. Because for me, I feel that it's it's just me. A lot of times I feel like it's just me because I don't really have a lot of friends who are single moms or who are moms, period. A lot of my friends do not have children yet. You know, I started off early and a lot of them are still waiting you know, to have children, waiting to meet that man, you know. So I'm in the midst of friends who do not really understand what I'm going through. Although I re- I very much appreciate all of the advice that they've given um, about self-care, taking care of myself, putting myself first. So they definitely have valuable advice for me. But I feel like I'm alone a lot of times when it comes to dealing with my child because I don't have parents with kids similar ages to really talk to, to, to know that Rita, what you're going through is kind of normal at this age, or, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. It's, you know, it's rough right now, but you're going to get through because sometimes I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I really don't. And so it's just been very, very difficult for me. So one thing that I have recently done that I feel kind of assists in this feeling of loneliness, feeling of hopelessness when it comes to your child is to join one of those Facebook support groups. Some of you guys might think it's cheesy, but I actually did join like a single parent Facebook support group. And although I'm not very much active in there, it was very good and very refreshing for me to notice um, that there are other parents, men and women, because the single parenthood thing is not just about women but men and women who are literally going through some of the things that I'm going through. Like there was a mother the other day talking about how she feels like nothing she does is right when it comes to her 12 year old child who happens to be a boy and that she's struggling every day and does not know what to do. I mean, it's sad, but it was also refreshing for me to see that because I'm like, okay, it's not just me. Maybe I'm not horrible as you know, I feel half the time. So joining a support group, I mean, it could be an in-person support group, but we all know that time is limited. (laughs) Our times are very limited. So being able to, to join an online community, I think is helpful so far. We'll see how it pans out later, but I think it's helpful to remind yourself that you are not the only one 
and that you're st- you're amazing. You're doing the best that you can. It's just that these kids are out here <laughs> crazy at times, right? Um, so that's one thing that you can do if you're going through that. Um, the other thing too is make sure that you have strong supportive friends around you, whether they have children or not. The advice, good advice is good advice. And so me having my group of girls, my, you know, my family, my friends to support me, you know, shout out to my older brother, even (laughs) who definitely had to come to my house recently and, you know, have a real talk and reckoning with my son. Like it's really important to have family members, to have friends, to have a support system, even if they can't really do anything for you in terms of like, you know, I don't know, deal, they can't deal with your child for you. But they could certainly give you advice that can at least relieve some of the stress and the tension and the self-doubt that you have while going through this process. Um, so that's, that's that you can do. The other thing that I found very, very, very relaxing, very necessary was the spa I'm not a big spa person, not because I don't like it, but again, it's time. Like, when do I have time to go to the spa? You know what I mean? It's it's just not, self-care is important, yes, but I don't have time to go to the spa. But a couple of weeks ago, one of my friends was celebrating her birthday and she, you know, I was just, I was going through another one of the episodes with my kid and I was at work and I was just stressed and depressed and I didn't want to do any work, to be honest. I did not want to do anything because I was just stressed at work dealing with my child. I had just gotten a text message again from his teacher and I'm like, what is it that I'm doing? And she was just like, sis, you need to go to the spa. I'm going to the spa on this date. You're welcome to come with me. In fact, I think we could do a girl's trip. You need to go. And so you know what? I put in for a personal day and I went to the spa with my girlfriend. And can I tell you, I was so rejuvenated. I was my clock was reset. Like I felt so good coming home from the spa. Like I was in, they had like maybe 15 saunas. I don't know. I'm exaggerating, but they had several saunas. And I was never really a sauna person because I do have breathing issues, like respiratory issues. And so I was just like, oh, I don't know about this. But I felt it so calming. Like it was so calming sitting in the sauna just thinking about just my breathing, just thinking about just laying there, trying to like have my or allow my problems to just melt away. It was probably the most relaxing thing I have ever done in my entire existence. And let me tell you, like, this is something that I feel like I'm going to have to do. Once a month is pushing it, but definitely once a quarter. It really really rejuvenated me. And so that's something that I feel like I need to start incorporating in my life because these problems with these kids are not going away. They clearly are not going away. He's only getting older, which means the drama is only going to get even more real. And again, when you're doing it on your own, it's just it's just difficult. It's hard. Sometimes you want to cry. I'm not a crier, but if the, if crying is what you do, it's like f- cry. I'm in the process of trying to figure out what my outlet is because it's not always so apparent. Like some people like the gym, some people cry, some people journal. I mean, 
I like to go to the gym. I like to journal, but I just, I just, but it's not, it's not enough is what I'm trying to say. It's not enough. I need to figure it out though, because the last thing I need is to really be at odds with my job and my supervisors. And so I think in order to kind of prevent any workplace drama due to your personal life, I feel like the three things that I mentioned, if you haven't tried them, definitely do. Find the find a support group, whether in person or online. Online probably being preferable because these parents really go in on Facebook. Two, um, make sure that you surround yourself with positive people, friends, family, just positive people who are there to you know serve as a shoulder to cry on, a shoulder to lean on, an ear. Um, just make whether they have kids or not just make sure that you surround yourself with positive people and I would say finally the spa <laughs> the spa is so necessary a spa with a sauna or some sort of hot tub jacuzzi like I've just find yourself a spa because it's not going to make your problems go away. It really won't. And your problems will will never, will probably never go away until the kid graduates high school and goes on to college. Who knows? But at least for now, in terms of your mental health, in terms of your sanity, your self-care, in terms of, you know, being sane for your job, because if you are stressed at home and then you combine that with the stress that you're probably going to experience or are currently experiencing at work is just a recipe for disaster when it comes to your psyche. And so I just can't stress enough as I am currently trying to figure it out because like I said, I do not have all the answers. I am trying to figure it out literally as we speak and I am going through the warfare as we speak. Um, I'm just out here to encourage you all who are in the struggle, just like me, that, you know, we have to figure it out, right? We can't let these issues, our home issues, consume us and cripple us, um, especially in our professional careers. Like, you know, we, I'm not, I don't come from money. I'm not a legacy kid. I rely on my job in order to provide for myself, for my kid, um, you know, that like that's just, that's, it's my, I need my job. And so therefore making sure that you're at optimum health and you're able to perform um, accordingly is important. So that was my spiel for today. That was the discussion for today. I know it doesn't sound as upbeat as some of the others, but I feel like sometimes we got to talk about the real issues as well. I mean, the real issues that affect us personally, um, the issues that stem from our home life that can also affect our work life. We, we, we're going to talk a lot about, about the, you know, the drama that takes place at work and dealing with supervisors, dealing with coworkers and whatnot. But a lot of time, our personal issues and our personal life, you know, follow us into the workplace. And in a sense, you know, it, it affects us. It affects our performance. And then others are, are seeing, you know, this, this, I don't know, this, like, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, we don't talk a lot about how our home life and the personal issues that we go through day in and day out outside of the workplace 
tend to rear their ugly heads in the workplace. And I think it's important to address those issues. And, you know, just to kind of encourage people out there who are going through personal issues. Like I'm not married, so I personally will not be talking about how marital issues creep their way into the workplace. I probably will have a topic like that though and bring in somebody who actually is married to talk about how, you know, your marriage and the issues that you go through at home with your spouse may um, affect, you know, or can affect your work performance if you don't, you know, put, put a lid on it. I could only come to you with the perspective of a single mother trying to make it out here in these streets, um, both personally and professionally. So hopefully you guys were able to get something out of today's show and uh, talk to you guys next week. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you with future. That's classic. It's Frida's world.